0: Hi, my name is Kwanese Floyd and I'm Peter Dayton. Welcome to the Embrace podcast, a program of the Embrace series, which is a partnership between arts education in Maryland schools and the Maryland State Department of Education Fine Arts Office. This podcast will examine the human side of arts education and is an opportunity to highlight arts educators from around the state of Maryland. During each episode, we will interview an arts educator to talk about their journey. Each interviewee will be facilitating a workshop as a part of the Embrace series. We have a special panel of guests today. We are joined by three representatives of TAMA, the teaching artists of the Mid-Atlantic. Sue Trainer is a performing songwriter, master teaching artist, and president of TAMA. Jennifer Ridgway is a theater teaching artist and vice president and co-founder of TAMA. And finally, Tara Hall is an MSAC and CREATE teaching visual artist specializing in arts integration and Maryland director for TAMA. Together, they are facilitating Finding Joy in Uncertain Times. Creating with a Big Idea, an embrace session for Maryland's Creative Teaching Force on Wednesday, May 13th, from 2 to 2.45 p.m. Thank you all so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you you, for having us.
0: Absolutely. So, Sue, since I've spent most of the introduction talking about TAMA, could you give us a background on what TAMA is and what the organization does?
2: Sure. TAMA, Teaching Artists of the Mid-Atlantic, is a professional organization that is by teaching artists and for teaching artists. Um, It's all volunteer. Our vision is bottom up. It's about teaching artists in our own communities, networking and communicating to get us all sort of out of our individual silos and bubbles because we, do our work and never see one another. So so we're trying to create a pathway for teaching artists to be in touch with each other and create our own story around who teaching artists are and what we do. And to that end also creates a platform that gives us a seat at the table where decisions
0: about our work are being made. So there's an advocacy component as well. And I'm sure in this particular moment that is more valuable and urgent than ever, as teaching artists, of course, have been one of the groups of educators greatly affected by the current pandemic. So uh, one of the things that you said was that TAMA and an organization like this gets teaching artists out of their individual silos. And I'd like to ask Jennifer a little more about the session that you'll be presenting, because in reading through your bios, each of you are coming from a different disciplinary background. And I think as educators, even Disciplines is another way in which teaching artists and educators silo themselves into their own discipline specific practices. And so talk a little bit about the session. This sounds like it is more general about either creative practice or or well, you tell me what it's about.
1: Yeah. You know, I think this is a really great opportunity for us to really begin to go into a model of more collaboration. So the whole concept is that we will offer up a big idea. This is familiar to artists and how artists work. We kind of think an concepts and get inspired by a concept that then develops into an artistic production whether it be visual art dance media arts theater or music or storytelling any of it right so this is an opportunity where we'll be able to present this big idea around uncertainty and for us to be able to say how can you respond to this big idea and how can we connect our creative impulses and our creative initial thoughts to each other and stir and agitate the pot a little bit so that we can begin to move towards a future post-pandemic.
0: So is this then about that kind of collaborative attitude and practice, or is this going to manifest in an activity?
1: Yeah, it it is definitely going to be a process that we're all going to engage in. Tara, Sue and I will share out a way that we have intersected our own artistic process with big ideas. So we'll share one project that we've all done individually, and then we will share a big idea that all of the participants and Tara, Sue, and I can then collaborate around. So we will first look at the question, the big idea that we present, and I don't want to give away too much about what our big idea is here in this interview because we want everyone to be able to invest in it and really come into the conversation with their first initial ideas and write in the chat group what their initial thoughts are. We'll, We'll kind of encourage collaboration and to step away and possibly email another attendee or walk away from the Google Hangout session and call one of the other attendees and begin a conversation together and then come back and maybe post how your ideas are transpiring into the chat group to inform other groups. And then ultimately, Alicia Lee is making it possible that all of the collaborations can ultimately post something to a place that the collaborations can present their work.
0: Marvelous. To have truly a space for collaboration, I think, will be an interesting result because I know that all of the artists and teaching artists and educators at the moment are dealing with both individual issues but also systemic issues that are affecting all of them. And so individuals coming together might be able to to come up with some creative solutions that the entire group can benefit from. So I'd like to go a little bit into some background. And given our time constraints, I don't know if we'll be able to get to everyone's background for all of these. But I'd like to hear a little from each of you about how you became involved in the arts, and also the role in which either education played in bringing you to the arts, or the way in which you found a voice through education and your artistic practice. And I'd love to start with Sue for this one.
2: Oh, I came to the arts very organically, you know. I'm of the age where my peers and I grew up in the classic folk music era during the Vietnam War, you know, in the 60s. I got my guitar when I was 13, and we taught each other to play. Sadly, and I think this is part of my motivation, I didn't have a dedicated arts teacher of any kind till I was in seventh grade. So I was very happy to be in my junior high school chorus and high school choir and and very active. That was the first of my formal arts education. But, but before that, you know, we were just writing our protest songs. And I was gigging by the time I was in high school. My partner and I won the 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 Montgomery County Teen Talent Contest, (laughs) and kind of built out from
0: there. That brings up another question that I generally ask. And Sue, it it seems clear that you're a lifelong Marylander. What about you, Tara and Jennifer?
3: Okay, I am not a lifelong Marylander. I was born in Ohio, and then we moved overseas to Panama and moved back to Maryland when I was in high school. So um, travel is really important to me. And I will say that my work, my education, my entry into the arts field began when I was a little girl. I'm a visual artist. I've always been influenced by the world around me, and I kind of think and feel and see every moment every day, Um, and it often shows up in my work. So I think like Sue, maybe I didn't have all the great art teachers in the very beginning of my education, but that didn't seem to stop me. And Jennifer?
1: Um, yeah, I am a lifelong Marylander. I um did grow up in Maryland, but you got me thinking, Tara, how my life has changed as my immediate family. I have three brothers who have married people From other countries. And that has drastically changed the artistic conversation I have with myself. Those intersections really continue to embody and open the way I see the world and the way I express my art.
0: Thank you so much for each for your responses. Sue, I'd like to ask you just about a current experience that you are having, either one that you have heard of through dialogue with other teaching artists or you yourself in ways that you And other teaching artists are adapting to the current pandemic to still be working with kids through the arts.
2: Oh, I'm hearing from folks who are uh, succeeding in staying connected with their individual students, like musicians, you know, who are piano or voice or, or whatever their skills are, have been able to shift to an online platform. I know of some artists who are Offering workshops and and group lessons, and able to use some of the online pay services, in order to make that a a, a workable lesson situation. Um, I think those are the primary ones. I mean, a lot of musicians are online offering concerts, also with you know their tip jars out things
0: like that. Sure. I'll pivot now to Jennifer to ask about this principle of collaboration and any examples that you've seen of that, even in the short time in which we're all sort of scrambling to find ways both to continue our practice, but also to continue to bring education experiences to kids.
1: Yeah, I guess the way I can speak to that is collaboration with the students that I work with. Something that I've kind of pivoted to doing this month is creating a yard drama with people on my street. And I feel there's collaboration happening there um, and community building there that feels immediate and relevant and necessary.
0: Could you elaborate a little more on what a yard drama is? Yeah,
1: yeah um, I don't know what it is, Peter. <laughs> it's something that, um, you know, I'm taking work that I've done in classrooms into yards with families so that we maintain social distance. So I stand on a sidewalk or the front of the yard and they will stand on the opposite side of the yard or closer to their house, on the porch sometimes. So we can maintain that six feet of distance, but I take them through warm-ups. And we have closing activities. We sing an intro, little song of hello to each other. And then we go into a story. I do a lot of what you call process drama. So we kind of start acting it out. The last couple of weeks, I've been pulling up to the session with my childhood red wagon. And I put some apple orchard crates in it, and then I lay a um, cover over top of the crates. But the children, I give them an opportunity to come and peer inside the crate, and I have a kind of a story arrangement set up with a, we do this a lot with Wolf Trap, a story can or coffee can theater. And so they can peer into the coffee can theater, and then we kind of move forward with what's the story that's happening inside that crate with what they see, so. That's what that is.
0: Childhood Joseph Cornell. Yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating to me because obviously physical distance is, is the best way that we can stay safe at the moment. That and hand washing, which I hope everyone is doing. But in in a world where in some ways the default is a virtual solution, Yeah, I, I'm very interested in creative solutions that, again, maintain an appropriate physical distance. Mm-hmm but are still about engaging with the art and with each other in a physical capacity. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Like how many times a week has that happened so far? On average, how many homes?
1: Well, it's growing. It, you know, I started with one home and I do basically right now one one day a week, but I'm really hoping to grow it in some way. And actually last week, Eric Booth, who is a teaching artist who leads a lot of professional development for teaching artists, he shared... The UN has a global call for creatives currently, asking them to address. I think it's six different things about staying safe through COVID. It's um, social distancing, washing your hands. It was definitely on there. But I'm now looking at how can I address that call through the work that I'm doing with the yard dramas as well. Wonderful.
0: Yeah, Tara, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Um, I'm approaching it a little differently.
3: As a visual artist, I am posting poems and art and challenges and things like that on social media. And I'm also going to sites and responding to other postings from other artists. And I'm in the process now of learning how to teach online. And this has involved setting up a tripod where I can demonstrate show step-by-step process And I will be utilizing some of the lessons that I have prepared recently for the Arts Center Create and possibly through the school system.
0: That's wonderful. And I think an important thing to highlight in what you said was not just posting your own stuff, but going to other people's calls and other people's pages and interacting with them because that's very much in the collaborative spirit.
3: I agree. I agree. And I've been very inspired by the work I've been seeing
0: it's really incredible, especially work that's been shared through the hashtag MD is really heartening to see how many people in the state are responding to a call, one created through social media, but I'm sure also an internal call to do something with this time that allows them to express.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sue, I'd like to talk just a little bit about the way that your family is working through this and, and the extent to which artistic practice is figuring into day-to-day uh, management of time and how you're getting through this.
2: I'm getting through this because it's springtime, you know, <laughs> and happily, even though we're sheltering in place, the leaves are coming out and the, the flowers are blooming and the veggies are going in and, and that's kind of keeping us grounded here. on the fact that we're almost totally disappeared, has kind of left the field wide open for my creative voices to be heard over the usual din of lesson planning and running to schools and hopping on airplanes and (laughs) all those things, you know. So I've happily found more time to play and work on my vocal skills and kind of dive into my craft and spend a little more time with writing. Although there are, there are challenges in that as well, of course, is
0: when one is distracted by the whole situation. Absolutely. Jennifer, do you think you could talk a little about if you've been experiencing that distraction as well? I know that at least for me as a creator, there are ebbs and flows. So in trying to find and adapt to the current situation, how have you been dealing with an understandable ebb and flow of motivation and creativity and just really being able to process all of this?
1: <laughs> yes, I, de- I definitely, I experienced huge uh, grief initially. Um, I had a project that was supposed to open on May 11th that I had been working on for over a year. It was a premiere happening at Joe's Movement for young people, zero to uh, age six. So, you know, I don't know if that project will ever see a future as the artists now are being pulled in different places that were on the project we have our fingers crossed but yeah it it took me a while to get over that and then you know you just have to continually restart and and that's what i'm allowing myself these restarts and gently saying to myself it's okay you are human you need to take a day off and mindlessly stare at the ceiling or cry or whatever it is you know and those days there is a huge amount of observation and critical thinking and investigation and exploration that is happening and i know that will stir and create future projects down the line you know i don't know what what this moment is serving while i'm in it Mm. but i know it is serving something in my future artistic journey as we were having this conversation, uh, one of the young teaching artists that was on our Teaching Artists Cafe this morning, we have a Monday morning series. And she texted me during this call saying, you know, thank you for staying in touch. We, a uh, number of artists that I'm routinely connecting with on a very consistent basis that I didn't have prior to this, but now I'm checking in with them. How are you doing today? You know, um, it's okay if, if you're having, you know, a non-artistic day. There's artistry in that day. We're just acknowledging that with each other, and um, and I've seen that kind of develop in how our TA cafes, our Monday mornings at nine thirty, have developed as well. The first couple of times, people were just grieving the loss of everything, and but when last week we were talking largely about unemployment and filing for the state um, now that that was available to us. But today, for the first time, I got an email post session saying, there's hope. Today was the first session where I thought collaboration is starting to happen. And so it's very exciting to see where this will take us.
0: It's clear then that a go towards the collaborative spirit is very much necessary. Tara, can you, you've raised your hand as well. Would you like to say something about this? I
3: did. I did. I wanted to say that when Jennifer was describing looking up at the ceiling and doing her critical thinking and all of that, I, I think of that as nesting. And certainly, this has given us a great opportunity to nest, to think about ideas, to be receptive and actually take time that we normally don't always have consistently. To literally smell the roses, thinking about spring, thinking about, you know, just having this extra time to look around and be connected in the ways that we can. And a lot of that is with ourselves, you know, actually being connected with ourselves and letting ideas and feelings roll around in the psyche and then eventually or even sooner than that, start to come out in a creative fashion.
0: Sometimes we need to think of ourselves as a collaborative partner that needs to be treated with a level of gentleness. I'm very excited to hear more of what will happen resulting from this session. And again, that session is taking place on Wednesday, May 13th, from 2 to 2.45pm. Jennifer, Sue, Tara, thank you all so much for joining me today. And I hope that you all stay well
3: thank you peter thank you peter thank you peter thank you for listening to the embrace podcast for more information on
0: arts education in maryland schools visit aems-edu.org to learn more about the embrace series and how to register for a session go to msdefinearts.org stay safe and stay creative